0: Did he actually see where or was he just
1: wearing black? He's all black and he's big. He is big.
2: Scratch hypotheses. This is episode three. I've missed the last couple of weeks due to, uh, family issues and just life in general. Um, I've received some messages from some of y'all letting me know that you've been listening to the show and you're enjoying the show and I'm glad to hear that. Love to have, have the feedback. Anyway, um. The topic of tonight's show, well, first of all, I've listened to several shows, but he, Sasquatch Chronicles, I was listening to a couple of episodes, Wes had some really good um, encounters on the last couple of shows, however, there were a few points in the show that I had to take issue with, let me play... The first snippet.
0: When he w- when he was looking at you, did you see any of the whites to the eyes, or was it all black?
1: It was all black. There wasn't any whites. I mean, you. It was the with this facial expression and the black eyes. It was like you were looking into the face of death. You know, and that's kind of the, what I got from it. You know, it was, this is the end. This is the last thing I'm going to see right here, you know. And, I mean, uh, just the eyes are black. Just black as cold. There was no lights to the eyes.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, too, that your description of people that I've talked to that have been in similar situations like yours where they're really up close and personal um, and they usually do end up shooting it. One of the things they talk about is the mouth. you know, They'll say it had a, kind of a black mouth, black tongue, um, yeah. and real dark, dark eyes. I mean, the, the eyes, people who've had really close-up encounters, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say that they could see the whites of the eyes. I think most people just say they were just black. It was just completely black eyes. And that was
2: from episode 110. Very interesting story. So if you get a chance, you should listen to that. Encounter. However, my uh, issue is with Wes there at the end, talking about how he's never known anyone to have an up-close encounter and see any whites around the eyes.
3: I could see a little bit of a white under the eyes. I don't know if it's because it had a lot of white around the eyes or because it was sort of looking up into the window. And the, the other thing I wanted to say before I forget is the thing about the eyes. Not the red eyes, but I've explained to people that there are whites to their eyes. Cause you know, I told you that's what flew me to the window, but their eyes don't look they're, they're, they have whites to their eyes, but it's more like if you've seen a Labrador, you know, Yeah. and I kind of, I, I, I kind of exaggerated the whites in that picture a little bit. I wanted to bring home the fact that they do have whites to their eyes, but it's more like a lab you know, how they have whites to their eyes, but you can only barely see it around the edges, you know, yeah, exactly. unless they, or mm-hmm. if they're looking to the side, you can see it. That's how this thing was. It was like a person where we have these little tiny colored areas. They're larger, but they do have whites to their eyes. Yeah, because I've heard uh, Kathy Strain or somebody, she was talking about seeing one in some place in Montana, and she said they don't have sclera. I'm like, yeah, they do. So, yeah. You know, do. so She's saying that they don't. Well, I'm, and then I thought about. It. I said, well, if they look directly at you and they're at a distance, you might not see it because you know, like a lab. I think it kind of it, 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 it's a little dark at the edges of the, of the colored part of their eye,
1: but there is right. white. You
3: know, and if yeah, you're up close, you would see it.
1: The first two that I saw, I could see the white, but you're right; it wasn't a great deal. Uh, you know, but you could see it around the edges.
2: So as you can see, Wes is evidently not remembering that not only did two people who he's interviewed notice whites around their eyes, but Will, or yeah, Will Jebning, also the, the man who was interviewing people with him on his show for what, two years? Also said that there's whites around their eyes. So I don't understand why Wes is saying he's never heard this before. <clears throat> now the next little snippet.
3: Or anything like that? It was really strange, though. It was almost like a. I don't want to really say that it's it's a hair or whatever was uh, absorbing the light, but I'm hitting this thing with a three million candle power spotlight and it's not no more than 75 or 80 yards away at first you know you can see around this thing but it's just like he was just whatever this thing was all you could see was eyes and a dark silhouette even whenever it came closer I mean you could see
1: tree limbs and stuff in front of this thing but this thing you could see nothing but eyes and a silhouette
0: Yeah, we've had people in the past describe that. It has to do with, I think what we theorized was it has to do with the pigment of the skin. Uh, There's, when the light hits it, it's all with the pigment of the skin to give it that appearance like this light soaking it up.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. It was really, it was really odd.
2: That was from episode 115. And Wes refers to how I guess him and somebody else had theorized that the um, difficulty in seeing the Sasquatch was from uh, the pigment in the skin and so forth. So I was able to look up that episode where that Theory came out.
1: that's the other thing. Their, their
3: skin kind of absorbs light, except where, except where we have this cat. You know the Halloween cats, the black cats. They, they usually have the arched back and all that stuff. Right. Well, right. we have uh-huh. we have one. Of, we have one of those, and I forget what the heck the breed is, but they're actually not black. They're brown, and you can't tell that they're brown until the light hits them a certain way. And then you, you, when you see the brown, you're like, wow, that cat that really is brown. And you can't believe that they look so black when, when you see the brown because they're really brown. But because of the way their right. fur is, it refracts the light in a certain way that makes them appear black. And when our cat gets out at night, you can't even find him because you can actually look at right where he is. And even though you can see the shadows, you can't see him because he's more of a void than he is a shadow or a dark object, you know what I'm saying? There's, a, there's mm-hmm. a subtle difference. He's more of like an absence of light in that spot rather than
1: a shadowed area. And I that's think that's what good, the That's it, it, a very good description. It made me think about the two that I encountered when I was 16 at about 15 feet away, and it was starting to get dark, so uh, that that's a great way to put it, where the skin sort of absorbed the light because, now granted, it was, it was a fairly quick encounter, And I was kind of scared, you know, at the time. But um, I didn't really notice a lot of the facial detail. I did see the eyes; I focused on that. But um, and I think because of the lack of the the lack of light under those circumstances, probably obscured those details.
3: Yeah, and I think that's the problem that some people have with their descriptions, and that's part of the problem with getting a good description of them. Is that when, once the light starts to become less and less, their, their skin becomes darker in order of magnitude. You know, it's, it's like a, uh, what do you call it? Exponentially becomes darker because they're yeah, actually they refracting becoming, or whatever.
1: They start becoming a shadow basically.
3: Yeah. Or, or a void of light because I, I, I did CG. I, I did some CG work way back, you know, in the 90s before I started with this peripheral neuropathy crap. And uh, <clears throat> there's this thing called subsurface scattering that you do when you're doing a CG creature. And what it is is that most skin has actually multiple layers of color. And you, you there's this uh, um, there's this calculation that you can add to a surface that's called sur- subsurface scattering, and you can pick you know the colors and so forth. And that and what it does is it adds kind of a, like a refractor index to the surface and it changes the way that it looks based with light hitting it. And that's what I think is going on with the Sasquatches, is that their skin, the pigmentation in their skin, does some kind of strange subsurface scattering, where when the light is hitting it, it actually reduces the amount of reflection that's coming back off of it.
1: It's almost you know, like not a natural camouflage at certain times of the day.
3: Somewhat, yeah. Somewhat At night, absolutely. At night, they would appear to just be a silhouette cut out in the in the in the environment that's, that's
2: okay that was from episode 56 which is my encounter so as i recall we didn't theorize anything i told them about my theory which brings us to the topic of tonight's show bigfoot Cloaking. Now I wrote this uh, article called Sasquatch Cloaking Hypotheses back in January. I actually think I wrote it in December or November and uh, <clears throat> did a final version in January for, uh, I can't remember his name, but the guy who does uh, Bigfoot Ground Zero and at the time he had told me he wanted me to uh, work with him on his radio show and he supposedly had this network of people across the country and et cetera and so on which I was all for <clears throat> and I wrote this article, actually I, I had already written this article but I put it down and uh, I formatted it and you know jazzed it up and everything. Um, for him to put on his Facebook or website or whatever, and I don't know if he ever did. But uh, shortly after that, he started working with Sasquatch Chronicles and co-hosting along with, uh, oh, why is her name right out of my head, Shannon LeGroix. He was co-hosted, and as I understand it, he only co-hosted like one or two shows, and then he got the flu, quote-unquote, or something like that. And uh, never did another show. He disappeared around the same time that uh, Will Jevning did, and then Shannon LeGrow went shortly thereafter. However, anyway, this is... um, I could... uh, I know there's a lot of talk about the uh, Sasquatch Chronicles debacle and what went on with Will and Shannon and everything, and uh, due to my conversations with this guy, I could probably add a little something to that, but that's not for this show. Anyway, this document here is is a subject to my tonight's show, which goes along with that last little clip I played and I'm just gonna read the document maybe hit some points here. It's called Sasquatch Cloaking Hypotheses. I've been an armchair Bigfoot researcher for several decades now. Over the years I've seen the many changes in philosophies by believers. One recent shift becoming prevalent is the theory that Bigfoots can cloak like the alien in the 80's movie Predator. Skeptics believe this is another attempt on the part of nutbag believers to explain why they're so hard to find. See what have you. I have to say, if you honestly believe that a Bigfoot can make himself visible at will, well, you are a nutbag believer. Nutbag beliefs aside, I do think there may be some truth to a kind of cloaking effect. Not to the extreme of making them invisible or changing pigment like a chameleon, but in making them extremely difficult to see in certain lighting conditions. There is a very real possibility that Bigfoots, Sasquatch, have physical attributes that allow this. We see see examples. we see examples to varying degrees around us every day. I'm no expert but I've had various hobbies over the years that involved understanding these effects such as photorealistic 3D modeling, muscle cars, photography. So let's look at at the science behind these effects. In photorealistic CG modeling you have to add something called subsurface scattering to most organic subjects and some inorganic in order to pull off the perception of realism. This is going back to that uh, audio clip I, of my interview with them in uh, episode 56 there. This is what I was talking about. And one great example of um, an inorganic well an object which you have to use subsurface scattering in order for it to look realistic is a candle you can add and at least for now there might in the future come some other thing which is subsurface scattering plus something you know whatever that does it even better but right now the best way to do it is subsurface scattering and it's what gives it that waxy look And if you look at some of the faces that I have on my uh, my profile, like the one that has several faces all lined up, you might notice that one or two of them kind of has a little bit of a waxy look to it, especially around the nose. That's because of the subsurface scattering. I don't exactly have it all dialed in yet. That was just, uh, really, this is just the, uh, the... the faces I have rendered right now are mostly just a rough first draft almost. They really need some uh, texturing work done to the face, a little tweaking of the subsurface scattering, etc. But it, it's a good example for this. If you look around the nose, like around the nostril and stuff, you'll notice that it has a kind of a waxy look to it. That's because of the subsurface scattering being slightly out of, out of a kilter for that application (coughs) so the reason being that you even though we can't identify what it is we know I'm going back to the document sorry the reason being that even though we can't identify what it is we know something isn't real if our brain isn't perceiving the subtle changes in color that results in a nutshell Subsurface scattering is the effect material below the surface has on the light passing through the outer surface and reflecting back. It's what causes our skin to appear different colors based on the angle viewed and angle light hits it from. It adds contrast and texture to the light in addition to the color and texture of the surface itself. A good, great example of subsurface scattering when it comes to skin is if you have, if have somebody uh, stand behind somebody else or look in a mirror and have somebody, a bright light behind you and look at your ears and your ears will look like they're glowing reddish pink. That's, a, that's an example of subsurface scattering. Or if you look, <coughs> if you examine really closely your arms your thighs, things like that, and you'll notice that the skin isn't exactly the same color where the lights hitting it directly and where the lights not and it's more than just shadow It has to do with the skin itself when you're looking at the skin from kind of a, an oblique angle you're actually seeing the light that's coming through the bottom of the skin as well as what's hitting the skin directly because skin isn't completely opaque as you can tell when there's a light behind your ears okay let's opposite my, my spot here again uh, it adds contrast. In addition to subsurface scattering, there is something called index of refraction. This is a number assigned to all materials that allow light to pass through. Water, oil, and air all have a different index of refraction or IOR, I-O-R based on the amount they refract light. It is the effect that causes fish to look like they're in one place when they are in fact in another place in the water or why a stick stick seems to bend when you put it in the water. You're seeing the refractive effect of the material on the light. So depending on the surface color and texture, the subsurface scattering, the opacity, and refractive influences on light, and even the viewing angle, a surface can appear very different when any one of these properties is altered even the amount and quality of the light source can drastically alter the perception of the object. There's also a Fresnel effect which is a bit more difficult to explain. Take for instance a muscle car with a $5,000-$10,000 paint job, custom paint job. I once saw a car with a paint job called Mother of Pearl Black. When you look directly at the car up close, It appeared that the paint was several feet thick and translucent, as if you could stick your hand into the surface of the car. But the paint was only a fraction of an inch thick, of course. I had a neighbor once with a Corvette that looked maroon, straight on when you looked at it, straight on, and black as the metal curved away from your viewing angle. That would be a Fresnel effect. So perhaps Bigfoot hair and skin affects direct and indirect light differently, different color spectrums differently, different light intensities differently. Perhaps the oil in their skin and hair has a high refractive effect causing the surrounding colors to affect their appearance to a larger degree than another animal. So for instance, if they're standing at the edge of a meadow but they're in the trees and they have sunlit green leaves around them. Could be that their fur, hair, whatever, takes on a little bit of a green hue to it especially around the edges and that green hue is, is uh, manipulated by the refractive and scattering effect in their fur or their hair Causing it to have varying degrees of green actually on their body. That would make it appear as if they were blending into the background. But if you were to, <clears throat> so if you were scanning along the tree line, you could potentially not even notice them there because it would be like a, when I was in the military, World War, camouflage BDUs. If you're standing in the tree line, it would be very difficult. You would blend right in. However, if somebody was very slowly, very meticulously looking, they'd see you. And then once they saw you, they would very easily, very plainly see you standing there. However, if they were just scanning the tree line, they would not notice you there. <coughs> um, unless you were actually hidden behind leaves and all of that. However, you wouldn't have to hide behind the leaves because of the patterning and everything else of the uniform. I'm suggesting that a Bigfoot's fur, if it has various fresnel and scattering effects and that kind of thing, would actually have a natural ability to have somewhat of a camouflage effect in its fur if it's standing close enough to other colors. It would start to blend in. But it's not going to blend in like Predator from the 80s. It's not going to be like a chameleon. It would just be much harder, much more difficult to see we have a halloween cat that is black as coal normally at least he looks that way but on a bright summer day when he's outside he's brown evidently his true color is brown that's actually his breed i forget what the name of the breed is and i've mentioned this in the in that uh interview as well but their fur is literally actually brown and i don't mean really really dark brown I mean, like the color of a wallet, say, a, you know, a brown wallet, not a not a wallet that if you had it sitting on a table, say, on the other side of the room, it would look black. You know, that that's that dark brown. I'm talking if it, no matter where it was in the room, if you looked at it, it would look brown. That's what, literally what color this cat is. However, because of various refraction, absorption, Fresnel properties, he looks black in lower intensity light. And I mean lower intensity than direct sunlight. And the sunlight has to hit him from a certain angle. If you're standing at a certain angle looking at this cat, he will look completely brown. But any other angle, he'll look black. It's the strangest thing that you've ever seen, but I'm telling you the truth. This effect seems magnified exponentially as the light intensity decreases. At night, we use a 1000 lumen flashlight to find him if he gets outside and he he likes to sneak out. He likes to stand by the door when my wife opens it and sneak out and she doesn't notice. Happens quite frequently. Even when we shine the light directly at him, it's really tough to see him. Unless he looks at the light to where his eye shine comes back at us, we could pass right over him. And this is real tough to uh, to describe. If you've not worked with, with like photography or anything that has to do with light and shadow, you won't understand. You'll think, and this was in my... Uh, my interview there on Sasquatch Chronicles too I mentioned this that it's not just a shadow it's more of an absence of light there's a difference because you can actually still see things or even perceive them when they're in shadow when there's an absence of light it's literally like a void and it's real tough to uh, to explain the difference there I, I hope that you uh, you understand what I'm saying but when <clears throat> that flashlight passes over my cat when he's outside he can be like tucked in on, at the bottom of the bushes and you'll run the light over him and you'll you can see the shadows of the but well without shining the light I should back up if he's just out there and he's tucked in under the bushes and you're looking along the edge of the bushes you'll actually see like the bottom the leaves They'll be real dark and real hard to see but you'll see the leaves you know in the shadows running all around there and you'll pass right over him and not even realize he's there and then if you shine the light you'll run it along the bushes and you'll see obviously well lit bushes and all of a sudden there'll be this little Cut out in the shape of a cat up against the bushes. You don't see the light reflect back. Um, very little of his fur do you'll catch a shine off of if you know what I mean. It's uh, it's he look It's like a cutout. It's like he's a cutout against the bushes, and that's how we. That's the only way we can find him. Um, and even then, you can pass right over that because for some reason, it's really difficult. For the eyes to, or the brain, I guess, to uh, register when there's not actually that uh, refl- reflected light coming back at you, it's almost like your your mind disregards it and passes right over it. And, and we, I mean, as <clears throat> often as he gets out, uh, trust me, you know, we've I've noticed this many times that. You really have to think about what you're doing when you're looking for him or you won't catch him. And, uh, that's the, that's, that's, if you have a cat like that, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyway, back to the document here. Uh, yeah, it's, when I shine the light directly at him, aside from eye shine, it's still difficult to see him if he isn't perpendicular to the beam. And that's what I mean about the, the shine of his coat coming back. Unless he's perfectly perpendicular to that light beam, you don't catch any of the shine off of his fur. It'll, he'll just be just a void. If you park a dirty car, back to the document, if you park a dirty blue car next to a red wall on a sunny day, It will appear to have a purple hue on one side, but not the other. The ambient light reflecting off of the red wall alters the color on the side of the car. That's that's what I was talking about. If Bigfoot was like standing in a tree line, the the sun coming off of the green leaves would start to affect the color of his fur on the fringes, which would cause a camouflaging effect. There are many factors involved in light reflection and human perception of that light. It isn't a constant from one material to the next simply based on the surface of the material. Two black cats inside may be two different colored cats outside in the sunlight. You might have a cat that's black and then a cat that's this breed like we have. and when you, they're inside and outside, the one cat will look black no matter where it is. but our cat will look black inside and brown outside, you know, if the light's hitting it that way. So who's to say a Sasquatch can't blend into his surroundings as if camouflaged or cloaked? Of course, you know, there are varying degrees of cloaked. I'm not talking about uh, anyway, his hair and skin may have light-altering qualities beyond anything science currently knows about, making it possible to exhibit less contrast in his environment than we might expect. But not like Predator. Let's keep it real, people. Anyway, so that's the that's that's pretty much it for this show. I'm I'm cutting it back to a thirty-minute um, format. Because uh, I'm not going to pay Blog Talk $40 a month to to get more time. And uh, until I get people calling in to tell their stories and to discuss things, there's really not much sense in you sitting there listening to me uh, jaw jack for an hour, so... That's the that's the way it's going to be going forward. I'm going to try and get some people coming on to talk, talk about their encounters and uh, maybe some of their uh, things that they've noticed during their encounters. Um, but until that happens, I'm not going to really have any scheduled shows. I'll try to put one out once a week, once every two weeks at the at the most, and uh, they'll be pre-recorded. Nothing live. Um, If you want me to do a live show that you would like to call into, please, by all means, drop me an email at sasquatchhypotheses at gmail.com or, you know, leave something on the, I guess you can leave a a comment there on the show, in the show uh, down below and let me know and I'll schedule uh, a live show just to do call-ins. But for now, I—I uh, I guess that'll do it. So, good night.